Seen on Screen Podcast presents Table Talk. Are you interested in playing games that don't appear on the screen? Well, that's why we're here. Join David, Sean, and some special guests while they talk about all things tabletop. Now pass the dice, because our next turn starts now. Welcome, welcome to another exciting episode of Three Men and a Meeple, where, unlike what the title says... Our friendship with Owen is not over. He's still a good friend of ours. In fact, I'm sitting here with both David. Yo. And our good friend, Owen. Good friend right here. Yeah. We'll see how this episode plays out. The title says otherwise, but today we are going to talk about all the wonderful games that ruin friendships. And uh, I must admit, I'm a little little afraid of it because I think this is going to be the time where David and I actually have like a... A little bit of a, a dent in our relationship, and we're pretty tight. So we'll really? see how this goes. I'm not too worried. I'm not too worried well, about us. Dude, I came on to our pre our pre show with you two arguing about eggnog, and if that doesn't say <laughs> friendships over going forward, I think we're okay. But you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna drink some eggnog, uh, put some in my mouth, and just spit it in your face. That's so, kind of weird. Excellent. It's disgusting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's yeah, uh, it's eggy milk season for anyone who's wondering. That's that. What's the uh, premium type of eggnog? Starting to snow out, and with winter comes more board games. I think. Yeah, so excited for winter because that's when you can really like, yo, guys. It sucks outside. Why don't you come on over? You know, play some board games, have some hot cocoa. So have some eggnogs. Is it weird that I no. imagined uh, a kitchen table? Right beside the fireplace. Is that a Full thing? Of games. A Full kitchen of games. table. Kitchen table games, maybe. There's a reason why this episode is called Friendship Over. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you you like you think synonymously with uh, the chestnuts roasting by the open fire, uh, a nice frothy glass of eggy nog, alcoholic or non. Has and, anyone uh, actually ever roasted chestnuts on their uh, on a fire here? If there is a fire in my place, it would be it'd be a problem because I don't have a fireplace. And it started in the basement where all your games are held. Oh dear lord! Oh. Don't even. Oh. Is your not... collection like? Do you have insurance for the, your board game collection? My condo is insured, so I guess it would be covered. It. Is covered, and I have enough pictures of all my board games. I can be like, yeah, I have like six thousand dollars worth of board games. <laughs> that's right Yeah. so this week we are talking about games that make you hate people and also david (laughs) and also maybe a little bit of the types of people that we hate playing games with also david (laughs) (laughs) i did not think this uh you you were gonna turn heel so quickly, so yeah, uh, like wow. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm still bitter. We'll get into that, but I'm still I'm upset wait, at you. Wait, what yeah, are you what bitter are you, at? What episode? Yeah, what are you, you upset about? <laughs> Fine. All right. Let's. Okay. So, uh, David and his friend Alex came over the other day. We played Twilight Imperium. Oh yeah. And my game was going really well to start. I had a really good early lead. Also, you know, yeah, we. I think David, you've played twice or three times. I think that was like the fourth time I played. Yeah. Fourth time. Alex was his first time. And I played about the same, like maybe about five or six times. I, I know the game a little bit better. But uh, yeah, I was doing well. And at the very end of the game, 
Dave was like, you know what? I'm not going to win, so I'm just going to steamroll Owen. And, <laughs> and then he, him and Alex proceeded to just almost eat my entire uh, army. Yeah, we were pretty much one round away from completely obliterating his entire faction. Yeah, and it David was great. clearly stated, he was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to eat your stuff. It was very yeah, it was I was great. Like, and for a, a brief second, I, I was so sad. Like I felt just complete you know, utter just sadness wash over me as I watched all my stuff get completely devoured by. Well, it was kind of funny because, because you had a pretty good lead for a majority of that game. Yeah. My secret objectives were pretty shitty though. Um, Like my, my first secret objective was to have Mechatol, like have control of Mechatol Rex with three ships in space. Mm -hmm. And I'm, so I was just going for that, and then you took it over. Right. How dare Probably you? One, one turn right before me. Yeah, and then I did promise to, to leave Mechatol a couple times and not do it. So I was, yeah, I yeah. was playing a bit of a heel, which, you know, not, he not was, cool. But. He was making promises with both Alex and I um, for us to kind of vote on ordinances his way. And most of them involved him pulling off Mechatol Rex, but for like four rounds. And these aren't short rounds. Like each round is probably about an hour. Yeah. He uh, did not remove his anything from Mechatol Rex. That's a bad, so, bad friend. Yeah. So um, my, my end game goal <laughs> was <laughs> my end game goal. Like my personal goal so was, to, an objective. was <laughs> to uh, build a danger egg and just completely obliterate Owen. And I was almost there. Actually, I did pretty good though. I had what? Yeah. Like eight, eight victory points or something like that. Yeah, no, you were at nine. We were both at nine and Alex got to 10. So he won, but yeah, um, uh, David did sneakily build pretty much a Death Star and march it right into my like home planet area and just obliterate everything I had. Mm-hmm. And I was just, yeah, for like a brief second, I was like devastated. But then I was like, you know, then you kind of like like respect the play. Alex pulled off a really sweet win. It was a really exciting last round, um, even though I was a little upset I didn't win and all my stuff got blown up. But regardless, it was a really good game. You know, both. Alex and David played super well. So that was actually respect, probably the, respect. That was probably know? the best game that I had played, considering my pretty much all of my secret objectives were just horrible. Yeah, that's a that's tough when you don't get those um those extra points. Cause I think I was able to score like two or three. I think Alex like, scored right off two the or bat three. almost. Yeah. I start off the game like right away first round with Three points. You, the, go, the goal is to get to ten points. I started the first round or second round. I had three on the board, so you know I'm all I'm all like already ahead of the game and getting there. So one thing I noticed the difference between playing with Alex and playing games with Sean is uh, Alex won. That was the first time he played that game, and he won. And he has not boasted about it. Oh since. my god. <laughs> if it was Sean right. playing and he won, like when we play with Sean, if Sean wins, he's gonna go on for a week saying how he cannot play anymore. He's like the he's retired from the yeah. game. He won. Yeah. He's got his little sound bite that he's play he plays. Yep. There yeah. It is. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We gotta play uh 
we got to play a game, another game soon, so we now, can now, we chill can out. hopefully win. That was Alex's first time, right? Yeah, and, it was his first time. David didn't say like, "Oh, that was dumb luck." Oh, beginner's luck. Oh, I never you're not good that. at stuff. What are you talking about? I never said that. We're trying to ruin friendships. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm highly encouraging of people winning games. Yeah, and I, Just, I get that you're bitter that you haven't beat me in three attempts of Lords yet. I'm sorry. You're, you're very good at Lords no. of Water, dude. Yeah, it makes are. no sense why I'd be good at that game. Like I have uh, no Yeah, idea. I don't know. And and I think with Lords Waterdeep, part of that is the luck of the draw for uh your quest cards. Nah, because I had a shitty quest card and still won. Well, regardless, like when, the, sorry, I got a squeaky, squeaky chair going on here. Um, whenever we, uh, you know, whenever you see the quest cards, there's four, right? You have an option to pick what you want. It's also the um, entry cards and, and whatnot. You can, yeah, entry cards, and then the the order of tiles for buildings that are built. Because if you if you can build a a really good tile, you know, you can rack in the, uh, you can rake in the money. Yeah, but yeah, and it's also that, not so. completely luck. Like there is some public information where you can you know you can make an educated you know tactical decision to be like okay out of these three buildings if i save my money and i get this one for somebody else it's going to net me x amount of points right so it you you play very strategically you play very well and we do need to get another game in so we can hopefully win and and dunk on you a bit no i'm retired yeah (laughs) um damn it The, the the gamer that you just described, David being as like the disruptor, right? Like the guy who is like, I'm not going to win, so I'm going to destroy this at all costs. You see this in a lot of games. Too. Well, I'm not like that for everything, but no, but it depends, it depends on the game in that situation. Yeah. And I think part of that was because Owen was so cocky, like the whole game. I was a bit cocky. Yeah. I, yeah. I, he I, was I had the smile cocky. on my face. I was like, yo, I'm so ahead. I got this. And then it I got to the I point where Steam. it got to the point where we had to stare at him. Just so that he started feeling awkward. <laughs> yeah, it worked. You guys were both like, yeah, straight just, dead eye looking at me. Straight face. And I just couldn't couldn't look at either of you. It was it was awful. And I think that's that's when if if I know I can't win a game and someone is being overly cocky and, and I can do something to just kind of bring them down a, a few notches, then I totally will. And that's what happened in in that game of TI. In a TI, just for you know, just for you know, little information, that's called wind slang, and I guess it's like a common term against a lot of board games. But in, in TI, if someone says, "Oh, like we need to wind slay this person who is in the in the lead," that means somebody who's not going to win or is like in the back of the pack. You know, you send your army to like nullify that person's victory and possibly give somebody else the victory, which is called king making. So, I mean, I've done that in games of like Civilization. The digital mm. version, not the board game, where you know you're out of it, so you like try and start mini wars to to see kind of what happens. I know people do that in like fantasy sports, where they start tanking or giving up their players when they're no longer in playoff contention, especially in money leagues, which is annoying as hell. Mm. And in board games, where people like David there tries to ruin another person's objective, or you could do a lot of blocking. If you know right. you're not going to win, you kind of try and block the leader, which happens a lot in table games or at least i found even when we're all playing it's like oh don't do that because then this person can get that but you also still have to like try and fend for yourself so you have that that alpha kind of help out right right like i I get that i've been that person in games where it's you know you you look at the board state you say okay i'm not gonna win what am i gonna do i can you know just plot along until the game ends or i can be a shit disturber and start messing with people 
which that sucks. It, it sucks for the person being messed with. Mm-hmm. And it sucks that you're kind of having a crap game where you feel like you're the one who has to go out and be like, well, time to start screwing with everybody else's game. But sometimes that can be fun. Yeah, it can be fun. If you're with the right group, like wildcard bitches. Yeah, wildcard. Yeah, <laughs> I can appreciate that. I've done it. Sometimes I do it in a malicious way and I feel bad about it after. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. That's I don't like doing that. I'm 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 very excited for a future game of playing Twilight Imperium with with Sean. I feel like we've talked about it enough and he is oh, uh, so excited. Strategic enough that I think he would really get in that one. And also, you know what? Like a big part of that game that can make or break friendships is uh, enacting laws and trying to convince people to, you mm. know, kind of vote in your favor. The negotiation side of it is huge. Um, it's yeah. Like you said, it's how you kind of convince people to vote your way. So just say a law is revealed and it, it affects everybody at the table, but you need it to go your way. So you can start, bribing people say i'll give you some money if you throw some votes my way or i'll give you you know a, a ceasefire agreement so you, we can't attack you or you can't attack me oh the old free parking law in uh right in so so it, it's a really great game for negotiation talking you can really like sometimes you can win the game just by having a really good salesman kind of game where you convince people to do stuff that favors you um, I've been watching a lot of TI tournaments and some of these uh, top tier players when they play the game, like they, they, they really know how to manipulate the table. And I think Sean, you're really good at the talking game. I've noticed that with, with um, Lords of Waterdeep, you really are able to, to talk around the board and, and kind of get what you want. So I think you're going to be really great at that. I think you're just building me up for an epic failure, but I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, I'm just overhyping you. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm your be, hype man. It's good. It's going to be uh, when I get like two victory points and I sit there for eight hours and not have fun because I've killed everybody or all my guys are dead. Then we'll see how it goes. Uh, um, I've played that game. <laughs> going going back to like there. laws of rules and trading. The one thing that like drew me right in was the whole monopoly comparison there. Like, oh, if you sell me boardwalk, if you land on it on your like first time around, I won't charge you rent. But you're talking out the back of your your mouth, and you're like, "Nah, I'm going to charge you rent anyway." You absolutely fuck people over because everything you say means nothing. Yeah, and there's a whole meta game. I know we're we're kind of like you know off tangent in a TI. I'm just so excited to like talk about it. <laughs> this is but not the TI episode. This is not the TI episode. Well, but I will say, yeah, like you can make non-binding deals with people where you say all right if you move to this spot later down the road i'll give you some money and they move there and you don't give them anything so or or vice versa right so there there's those kind of backhanded deals which is a big thing but causing tension at the table and possibly losing you friends by betraying people in this game and it's a long game it's you know i'd say eight to twelve hours long you screw somebody over. <laughs> like, yeah, grudges uh, are very real in, in Twilight oh Imperium. My God. And also kneecapping. Um, I played a game forever ago with Brit 
And I think I, I kneecapped her early and she sat there for six hours and knowing that she wasn't going to win. And I'm surprised that we're, that we're actually married because of it. like surprised she wasn't just like, get out, get this out was of the here week before your wedding. <laughs> yeah. No, she like questioned everything. Um, no. So you can definitely leave the table salty. You can leave the table bitter. Uh, and I think you need to know the people you play with because you can, you got to know that the people you play with are, are your friends at the end and they're going to come back in maybe a week and play another game with you. There's, um, um, there's a podcast called space cats, peace turtles. They do a twilight Imperium podcast. That's all they do. Well, they do that and root and a few others, but they do mostly twilight Imperium. And I think in the, one of the first episodes, they kind of talk about how they would, have an epic game. They would be so mad at each other after that they wouldn't speak for a week. And then, you know, they would kind of cool off after this really intense game of, you know, betrayal and, and bartering and deal making. And they would, you know, be friends again. So it, there's definitely a lot of emotion in, in games like that. Yeah, so to the wonderful people at Fantasy Flight Games, please sponsor us because we've talked about this game for far too long. And yeah, yes, <laughs> I, uh, we, we might as well get paid for the amount we talk about this game. I think, yeah, it's like every episode we like give T.I. a shout out. We need to get one of those big cartoon hooks and like teleport it to Owen's house and just pull it when we want him to stop talking about Twilight. Yeah, like that's the thing. It, it's such a great game. All right, could, moving on. So yeah, uh, continue. Yeah, let's get, get away other, from me, Twilight. Other games that... Ruin friendships. Uh, did you hear about this game called Twilight Imperium? It ruins a ton of friendships. It's ruining our friendship right now because we can't keep talking about it. We can't stop. Um, no, let's talk. Uh, let, let's talk. Maybe some uh, Monopoly. Anybody here have a? I, I feel a, like. I feel like Monopoly is the classic. I hate you. After playing game. <laughs> Because this is that's one of those games where one person can always control the board and they can just be complete assholes to everyone. And also Monopoly, I don't think anyone actually knows the rules. Well, no. that, that's a big thing. When it comes to Monopoly, you are playing at the mercy of whoever's house you're at. Straight right. up. Because it's house, like, there's the rules on the box. But the rules don't say that if you land on free parking, you get all the money. The rules don't say you could trade free parking. The rules don't say a lot because house rules have taken over that game to the point it's its own like kind of meta now, right? I think it's one of those games where you just somebody just says, "Let's play Monopoly," and they just put it on the table, and just all of a sudden it just sets itself up, and you're playing. Nobody has read the rules. You just kind of like there's money involved. I roll dice and I move things around and I buy stuff. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you the rules monopoly and i'm pretty sure i could set it up right now and just start playing and just figure it out right it's- apparently when someone wants to buy a house or uh like a plot of land it's supposed to go up on auction so that's if you refuse to buy it so the rules of the game state and if i remember this correctly because i've played with a rules nerd for it once is if you once you've passed around the board once nobody can purchase on the first round that's right according to the real rules and then if you land on, let's say, Baltic Avenue, and you're like, oh, I don't want to spend this $60 right now. I'd rather spend my $60 elsewhere. It goes up to an auction. like, And then everybody has a chance at the property. It's to help the game along faster and move, or sell all the properties, opposed to 
you like trying to go for those red corner pieces and then all of a sudden nobody can get there because nobody's just landing there but somebody landed on it earlier and didn't have the funding for it so it's to speed up the game i believe but the auction rules are crazy and it gets really competitive and intense yeah i don't think i've ever played with the auction rules Uh, yeah i've never once played with the auction rules and and like it kind of makes sense to have an auction for for um purchasing land or whatever that someone doesn't want yeah so but it also doesn't well because it gives other people the opportunity to purchase it because otherwise you have to it's based off of whether or not you can roll so like if someone lands on boardwalk right and they don't have enough money to buy it or they can't then it's open for anyone else to claim that and then it doesn't rely on someone rolling just enough to be able to land on there to get it do you want the official ruling sure According to Monopoly's official rules, when you land on a property space and you choose not to buy it, the property must be auctioned off by the banker, and the other Mm. players may now bid on it. The auction speeds up the game and makes it more strategic and allows players to buy properties for less than they usually would. Okay, that makes sense. That that way, like, what does what does the bidding start at? One dollar. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't actually see the rule for that, but I'm assuming the bank can, like, say. It starts at five dollars. Could you imagine getting boardwalk for like one hundred and twenty bucks? That would be crazy. If like you were the only one with money and just being like, "Yeah, you guys have nothing to bid. I can just buy this for like dirt cheap." I guess that's just how you know. That's just how the economy works. <laughs> so fun, fun fact: if you've ever played the Super Nintendo version of Monopoly, auction rules are always in it. That's the only reason I knew about the rules. Hmm. Yeah, actually, the, they're in the um, like the Switch version and all that too. I think. And the uh, the what were they the the serial versions of games where you get like the Game of Life and Clue and Monopoly just on CD ROMs. Oh yes, oh, I miss those days. We need we need Professor Longfellow to explain what a CD ROM is. Hey, who's Professor Longfellow? It's your old oh, character. Back in my day, <laughs> but back in my day, we had to use discs with information on them to play games. <laughs> Who's Professor Longfellow? Oh, Professor Longfellow. Who am I? <laughs> where Where am I? Right. Now? Where am I? Uh, Identity crises. Oh no. So th- I think the issue with Monopoly, though, is because it becomes it. it the issue happens when someone is running out of money. If mm. someone owns all of the, like a, a big, huge chunk of land and then they build up. So then, then they have houses and hotels on them. So now if you land on there, you know, you all of a sudden owing them like 50, $60. And then when it comes to the point where you have no money, you can't do anything. So then you have to start selling your, your land to the bank and stuff like that. Like, right. It, it's a real slippery slope of losing. It's actually really easy for one person to just take over the entire game and become way overpowered and stuff like that. I believe they call that monopolizing the board. Yeah. Oh, Hey, maybe that's where the, the name came from. Uh, I don't, I don't the, the last thing <laughs> I want to say about monopoly before we move on to other games is, Monopoly is so known for ruining friendships and family game nights that the Simpsons did a bit on it pretty early in their run. And I mean, the Simpsons is still going. So what does that really say? 
Um, but the police are called to the Simpsons house and they're like, Oh, this looks like another case of monopolitis. And everybody's like choking each other. And nice. they're all just yeah. so upset because the rules to monopoly are, it might be the the hardest game to know all the rules too, because they change from table to table. Mm-hmm. Right. I wonder if there was like a stat on like family table flips where someone just got so pissed off that they've like flipped their like coffee table. If that would be like the most. No, it's risk. It's a thousand percent risk. <laughs> okay. All right. Like, well, have we'll you say... ever completed a game of risk where you've not won and you've been happy about it? I don't think I... I've ever completed a game of risk. There you go. <laughs> risk is like one of the best games ever. If you have five hours to kill. I mean, at that point, I well, can let, int- let me introduce you to Twilight Imperium. <laughs> <laughs> I have to start like slapping you every time you say it. Mm-hmm. What other games drive you guys nuts when you're at the table? Like that that you just get into arguments with, or it just it puts a tension on relationships. So I'm just gonna mention like um we're talking a lot about competitive games like Monopoly, like where there's one winner. I find the most kind of arguments and tension comes from almost co-op games where you're working with a group to solve one one problem. And I think it depends on the people you're with, but you can, it can get pretty, pretty spicy, pretty quick. If things aren't going well and you got one person who's trying to control the board and it's not going well. Right. Um, Pandemic. Yeah. I think it also like, if you're like, I know I've played games with, with Brittany, like my significant other, other people have played with their girlfriends, boyfriends and, you know, it, it you got it. It's teamwork. Now you're working together to solve a problem, and you got to work together, or else it can get a little, a little spicy as well. But do you have do you have an example of a game that's like just over the top? I know we've talked about horrified in the past, where the game could kind of be no fun if you do have an alpha because the game's super simplistic. But I think of games like Pandemic, where it's like if you don't do something right and then all of a sudden there's an outbreak it is not your fault it's the person who gave you the instructions type of thing right right and um i think i've told that to people i think i had a um an old work friend say oh hey i want to buy a few board games for you know me and my girlfriend to play and us and you know i told him like you can get pandemic but just like forewarning it's a relationship tester <laughs> right like if if you come in a switch situation where you got to work together and guess what you're not communicating well it might be like uh hey we can't communicate <laughs> well, you guys like, think you're strong now yeah we this have, is um we have pandemic rapid response have you played that one i haven't played that one no so this is a really quick kind of i don't know it's a dice chucker um but it takes place in the pandemic universe essentially you you are um, people on this plane that's driving or flying around to different parts of the world, and you have to you have to develop vaccines and deliver um, supplies and stuff like that to different locations. But it's timed. You have a timer, which mm. is tough. So you have to be able to kind of think two or three steps ahead and communicate with everyone. Um, we played it twice because the first time we. P- we we played it just really slowly to try and get a feel for like what we have to do. And then we played it the real way, never played it again. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with that is that if one person is not very, if they're not strategic enough to kind of think ahead, 
to know what they need to do or to know what you know someone else is going to do and, and what what not then the game is just no fun um and i would love to be able to play that game with people who kind of can play it strategically and quickly but I don't know when, when there's other games out there, it's like when you have a bad experience like that and not saying that the game was bad and not saying that, like I, I dislike playing the game with whoever I was playing it with. It's just, you need a, a a specific type of person for that. Right. And because it's such a co-op, like it it is a co-op game. You have to be able to play it with like-minded individuals and not everyone is the same when it comes to playing games like that. Right. So it's, it's one of those games that, Will I ever play it again? Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, the right, the right people. So that's a game situation where it's like, you're not salty about it, but you might not play that game with somebody that you've played before just because you're like, uh, they're not, they're not, it's not the right kind of game for them. Mm-hmm. And even if they've asked, like if they say, oh, do you want to try that again? I'm just usually like, uh, no. You play something else. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, um, yeah, okay. So. When you, when you, what about a game like Betrayal, where everybody's trying to explore, but some people may want to uh, deviate from the exploration path early on, and then the game changes, and all of a sudden it's three versus one or four versus one or whatever. So I find, well, like, if somebody's screwed off and they're just like, oh, well, we're all over here. I'm just going to go way the hell on this side of the board where they're no use to anybody. That's a situation where you can kind of be like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> We have a special guest in the studio. The cat is here. Oh, kitty. Hello. She's like, why aren't you giving me love? (laughs) I'm like, I I can't. I'm talking about board games. So for like games like Betrayal and stuff like that, though. Right? That's what you said? Yes, Betrayal, yeah. yeah. Part of the game mechanic is to turn it from a a three versus one game. Mm -hmm. Or two versus one. It's it's an all, all view all versus one game. I I don't feel like you can really get super salty about something like that. Mind you, I have played and I I know I've mentioned this um, in a previous episode. There was one time that I was playing with a group of friends and I was the betrayer. And my, the, the, the story was essentially my guy turned invisible and I could move around the house. I still had rules based off of movement and stuff like that but I didn't have to reveal my location to the other players. Hmm. And one person that we were playing with just automatically assumed that I was cheating and was getting so pissed off when I was like doing something or I was attacking them and they, they couldn't hit me or I, I attack them and then they try and attack me back. But I'm like, Oh, I'm not in there. Right. Like, right. I'm following the rules that were set out for me. So this one person, was just kind of like losing their mind over the fact that they thought that I was just cheating just because. And then ultimately, like, you know, eventually they won because I feel like the rules for the, the haunts are fairly balanced. Mm-hmm. It, it's not too difficult, like depending on the way that the map is set up, obviously, but you know, I think both, both teams have an equal, equal chance of winning. Right, the the haunt like the the like actual like traitor is powerful, but the group as a whole is also powerful. Yeah. So this person was just like bitching and complaining the whole time that we were doing that, and then they won because I ended up getting cornered 
in an area and then they just had the right stuff to defeat me. Then their attitude changed completely. It went a complete, you know, 180. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we kicked your ass. Like, oh, you suck, blah, 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 blah. Like going on and on and on about it. And it's like, okay, well, five minutes ago, you were calling me a cheater saying that I wasn't playing the game right and all this stuff. And yeah. now, you're, oh. now you're telling me that you kicked my ass and you're better at this game than me, right? So... The, that, yeah, that's a set, that's a shitty salty situation. It depends but. on the the players that you're playing with. Obviously, like if they can look mm. at the the scenario and realize that okay, well, this is how it's set up. It's not necessarily yeah, sure. I don't like the fact that um, he's not telling me where he's moving, but you know, it's it it's not the first time that I've run into a situation like that. But I don't think betrayal is necessarily it's not the worst a a friendship breaking game because when all is said and done everyone's usually had a good time playing that game because you can't really steamroll someone you can't make it so that one person is completely incapable of winning the game because Mm -hmm. at the end of the game it's either one person wins or everyone else wins oh 100 percent um the, the reason I brought up Betrayal is because of that scenario that you just brought up. Sometimes it doesn't work out well, or maybe there isn't an explanation um, of a rule done correctly. Like, look at the showcase we did with uh, your significant other. Um, the rule sticklers came out. Owen was like, oh, no, it's okay. You could just keep your move. And both David and I were like, no, fuck that. You've moved your piece. It's over. Like, it's done. And yeah, that, and that and kind of stuff. Things like that, though. It, that depends on the people that you're playing with. But in that scenario, that's a great um, example. You know, they had finished their move completely and was satisfied with it. And then Owen's like, oh, you could have done this instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, actually, I ran into that last night um, as well. So I played a game of Tapestry last night and we were teach- teaching a new uh, the, the game to a new player. And he was picking it up pretty well. And I was, he was doing his turn. I was kind of explaining to him, oh, you could like do this or you could do that or you could do this. And my brother-in-law, Mike, was like, hey, just back up, let him do his turn, let him figure it out. So um, I get that where where you can kind of jump in and, and take somebody's turn for them. You know, you don't, you don't want to overextend your, your, your hand that way. Um, all right. What about absolute friendship ruiners? Games where you purposely have to go out of your way to ruin another person's game. I'm talking like you do it and you know you're going to have a target on the back for the rest of your night. Do you have anything in mind? Blue Shell and Mario Kart. Yes, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair. Um, um, screw what you, you. I was going to say, it, and it's not one of the malicious type. But have you ever played categories with a large group of opinionated people? I have not. No. I'm very interested to hear. <laughs> so, so you're allowed to use descriptive words in some context, right? So like if you're doing foods and it's G, grapes, right? It's, it's, it's a good, good word. But if you say green grapes, then it starts causing problems because some people are like, well, are you describing the grape or are you describing the color of the grape? Like, could you say green, um, like for maybe a C, like a cyan car, 
right? Like mm. people get so mad at that kind of stuff. And I remember we we were sitting in uh, oh wow twenty twenty the pandemic game nights. We were doing categories on Zoom, and the a simple categories game with a group of like ten people should take about an hour and a half. This was a three hour game oh, to get wow. through twelve cards because everything was argued. Everything you had to be so creative and thoughtful and smart. And it, that to me was a game like we all agree. We're like, we're not playing this anymore. Yeah. So like that was fr- far that, too intense. Yeah. That would frustrate the hell out of me. And like you said, like, and now it's, it's a game that caused so much issues that it's no longer in the rotation. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I've been also reading that apparently ticket to ride is a friendship ruiner. I've never played. Ooh, I did get it in the Asmodee bundle, but I have yet to play it. Uh, we should definitely play that one. I don't know. If, um, I think it's 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 kind of like an area control game. So you have tracks, and if you have a card that's like, okay, you need to like follow this track, and somebody takes it, you're like, well, screw you, man. Like now I have to like work three times as hard to get where I want to go, or you just completely blocked me from getting ten points or some crap like that, mm-hmm. right? Like it's. If, and, and you can be real malicious about it. If you see somebody starting to work up a track and you have a the means to block them, oh, yeah, I can definitely see that being a, a friendship ruiner. What about a game like Munchkin? Oh, yeah. Actually, it's funny. I actually asked Britt uh, right before we started recording. I was like, what games would you consider a, a friendship ruiner? And yeah, Munchkin, definitely. She was like, yeah, that's definitely a game that would... Uh, cause some tension at the table. Um, I like this rapid fire session. David seems awful quiet. No, I, I'm just. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to... Munchkin is a uh, is a game that starts off with people kind of working together, but then right near the end, because you have to roll the exact number, or you have to no, like people can do things to sabotage your battles, right? Right. So. Generally, you flip a, a dun- like you kick open the door of a dungeon, and there's a monster, and people can play additional monsters onto that. So you you can be like, oh, cool. So I have enough attack to kill this monster, and then someone's like, oh, hey, like I'm gonna play a monster too, and on someone else, I'm gonna play a monster. Now you have to beat three monsters, and if you don't, then all this bad stuff happens. Um, so it's there's a lot of ways to screw over your friends and yeah you can um uh you you can get into some bad situations we had a game going with this was a few years ago with uh i think it was four people four or five people and the last everyone was at the last like two rooms right before the gold right before the end mm-hmm and it got to the point where everyone was just screwing everyone over. It got, it, it almost was impossible to beat the game. I think someone was just barely lucky enough to actually beat the boss for the, the last room to win. But that game took so long. I don't think I'd ever played a, a longer game of Munchkin in my life. <laughs> and I think part of that was because everyone, you know, you screw one person over and then they hold a grudge. <laughs> and then right. when they can then they screw you over and it just goes back and forth and it's just you get these these just growing rivalries against each other and you're not like you're not helping yourself you're just hurting your 
Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're hurting your opponent and yourself because you're expending mm-hmm. so much effort and so much time just trying to like get back at them. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Um, there's been a few games. I think I played like a game of Eclipse where I just, I got so mad about the, the board state and my current situation that I just gave up and I like had to walk away from the table. Um, and yeah, it, there's definitely games out there that can can really throw you and really um, get you get you riled up and get you either upset. I don't know if that's like a terrible thing. It, it's really making you, I don't know, feel an emotion. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> feeling I, I emotions hate, are okay. Feel, yeah, I hate feeling emotions though. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> How dare you make me feel my own emotions? Um, another one I wanted to to throw out there to the world is the resistance. I've been in some pretty nutty games of the resistance where people have actually been like, I can't play this with you anymore. You're too good of a liar. Um, but like, that's not just me, like myself. And, uh, we went, we did like this whole big board game night one night and myself and another guy literally got to get like convinced everybody around the table to get it around a second time. And we were the resistance the whole time. Mm-hmm. We won because we cheated and we lied. But um, um, what was sorry. that one last one that you wanted to talk about? Oh, survive. Right. Escape from Atlantis. Now, Owen, you said you've never played this game, right? I have not played this, though. I have. I've seen it around so much. I should just buy a copy. It looks so really good. It's the artwork is phenomenal. This this game was a, a game David and I played a long, long time ago after I got it. Did I, did I introduce you to it as well, or did you yeah, play you it before? Did. No, you, you introduced it to me. Wow, I feel really good right now. <laughs> um, this game to me is the, the ideal game of, hey, let's play a game where there has to be one all-out winner. So essentially, mm. what you get, every team gets their own meeples. They're all numbered at the bottom. The general consensus to people I've played with is placing them blindly on the island versus like strategically placing them. Uh, makes the game a, a hell of a lot more fun and a little bit more intense. Um, but the object of the game is every turn you have, you take three turns. Uh, you can either move a meeple, move a boat, or um, I, get, I guess it's only one of those two things. You can really just move your meeples or move a boat. And you're trying to get them all to safety. Now, the problem is every time that you finish your turn, you have to complete your turn by removing a piece of the island. At the beginning of the game, unless you're removing pieces of the island that you were standing on, strategically, it makes a ton of sense to remove a piece of the sand island that another meeple is on. Right. Meeple can go into the water, and then whatever's ha- whatever's underneath the, the tile is what happens. So a shark could come up, a whale could come up, uh, the Loch Ness Monster could come up. Um, in different parts of the game, there's whirlpools, and at the very end of the game, uh, on the, I think there's, what, six or eight rock tiles the volcano could erupt at any point in time. And if you want to see a friendship end quickly or just absolute maliciousness slash grudge holding, play this game with somebody. Right. I hadn't played this game for over a year. It's just sat on our shelf and we played it on a board game night two weeks ago with some friends within like 20 minutes. We were already all arguing. Like This is why we don't play this game because you absolutely come out to try and kill me every single time. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> it's so fun though, because like your purpose, like you just get this game, you get to be an asshole. And I think everybody like realizes that coming in. It's definitely not a game to like introduce somebody to and be like, all right, Owen, 
it's your turn. Oh, you got killed by a Loch Ness monster. <laughs> so like, could you completely like, if as, as the table came together and like, all right, let's all just kill one person. Could, is that a possibility where you can like just eliminate a player like right away or kind of, but the way like you place, everybody's supposed to take turns placing their meeples. So it's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four going around hmm. the board. Um, the cool thing too. And this, this, is not like a lot of other board games, but once you've died and none of your meeples are left, so they're either all in safety or at the bottom of the ocean or in shark's bellies, um, you get to still move like your turns. You can move boats and then you still get to pull a piece of the Island and roll the dice. Right. So it's, it's, it's really interesting because if you pull a piece of the Island and it's a shark and then you roll the shark, you can move the shark. I think like two spaces towards a swimmer. Nice. And it's like, it's cool because it's all rock, paper, scissors, right? Like shark moves two, whale moves three, whale kills boat, shark kills people, Loch Ness kills everything. Man. Yeah, I think that and would- Survive kills friendships. Yeah, I think that would, is what <laughs> would piss me off and make me not want to play with people. If, if everybody was like, okay, like Owen's an easy target. Let's all just kill his people. Well, I think Owen I, is an easy target. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll play this one game night as like an amuse bouche just to get your your whistle wet and really get you angry before you play something else. Nice, thank you for that. I think so, um, we got to go see ahead. if it's on uh, TTS. Maybe we could do a a, a stream of it. I, f- I feel like it is. It's got to be. It's a fairly popular game, right? Right. Is it popular? Yeah, I think yeah. it's number. It's like two hundred something on Board Game Geek. 292 family rank 57 i have it right in front of me i'm just stupid yeah because you hate your family (laughs) it's like let's play this but that means there's uh 56 other games that are better playing uh, better suited for playing with your family but in the grand scheme of the number of board games out there 56 is pretty good that's right yeah it's only eight expansions of ticket to ride ahead of it oh sushi go parties ahead of it ticket to ride ticket to ride my city Splendor. Yeah, so some of those don't really count because they're expansions. So. so before we wrap, I got a quick question for both of you because we won't record until after the next or like Black Friday has happened in both Canada and the United States. What are some things you're looking for? Oh, man, right now, don't I? I'm so I'm at like a I'm in a board game drought. I don't know really what to buy. So. Yeah, this is a tough time of year because. You know, board games I buy for myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and uh, as you guys both know, I'm going to be moving shortly in the next few months. So I'm trying to limit the number of board games that I'm purchasing. Now, that being said, 401 Games and Board Game Bliss usually have some pretty good sales. So... Yeah, for sure. Check out those websites. Um I don't think they have them posted yet with their, their Black Friday sales. No, are. normally they do just, just before, but there's a there's a very good chance that I'm gonna buy a bunch of things. And <laughs> just ship them to your new address. <laughs> well yeah, the thing the nice thing is, is is they'll they'll show up and they'll already be in a box, so I won't have to find a box to put them in. Oh my god, moving with a board game collection is the worst. Oh, you're gonna experience true hell. Well, it's funny. I uh, posted a few pictures on my Facebook account, you know, because I started boxing up 
um, some of my board games and I just posted saying, how, how many board, how many boxes of boxes do you guys think I'll have? And some people were saying like six. <laughs> so, when I moved from Toronto to London, oh my God, I think half the boxes in the moving truck were board games. Do you have an idea on how many boxes you had for board games? I want to say, I don't have, I want to say between 10 and 15. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that my board game boxes will be probably about nine or 10. Hmm. Yeah. Like full size Home Depot boxes. boxes. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably fit like, depending on how big the game is, maybe like three or four. You know, the only problem is that I have some awkwardly sized boxes like, um, Court of the Dead, Twilight Imperium, um, Gloomhaven is another one. Um, Yeah. And even like the big box for Terraforming Mars, you know, that's a fairly significant sized Mm -hmm. game box. So. Yeah, for um, also check out Walmart and uh, where other I've seen board games popping up. Even at Canadian Tire, I saw a bunch of board games pop up. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's been some pretty good sales at um, at Walmart for a lot of Ravensburger games. So mm-hmm. yeah, keep an eye out there. Best Buy usually has um, some board game stuff on sale. Surprising. Every so I went into that's where I got Azul from. Uh, is actually a Best Buy, and the price was insane. It was way better than Four Hundred One Games at the time. So yeah, check out Best Buy's website because they have way more stuff on the website than they do in store. So it's oh, a good point. That is some good advice, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I I personally believe that our our friendships aren't over here. So I think it's okay. Oh, and you just, did a good job maintaining the friendship this week, even though just, you got kind of yeah. got mad. Just wait until we play Catan. I, I don't uh, think David will log on for that day. I'll it's, play it, but I won't be happy the whole time. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how the friendship lasts after that. After I don't trade with you at all, when you're begging mm-hmm. me for cars, I'm just like standing there like, no. <laughs> yeah, t- you take your sheep. It's funny because... Yeah. If you use the like the Catan standalone website, the the Colonist, which is just an online one that you use with your your Google account information, mm. um, it it allows you to modify the rules to like have a higher amount of victory points. But we discovered that you can, if you put it to the maximum amount of victory points, it's impossible to win because the board will fill up. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you can't win. The game's broken. That we, we have a game going on for probably about a year that we can't continue because you can't win it. That's funny. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. But we want to thank you all for listening to our show. Of course, we we do it for you, and you're the reason why we're here. Three Men and a Meeple is available on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Spotify, Instagram. I said Instagram. I said, <laughs> uh, and YouTube as well as our feature episodes. So for myself, Owen... Yo. And David. He's so cool. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on our next game.